Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. From the king of sports books comes the king of sports podcasts. Unleashed. Presented by BetMGM. Here's your host... Giannis Pappas and Olivia Harlan Decker. Welcome in, everyone. Happy, happy New Year. This is Unleashed by BetMGM, the king of sports books. We made it. It's 2022. It just kind of has a good ring to it. Giannis, how was your New Year's? Oh, it was great. We got a baby. I was in bed by eight. It was so no. much fun. Yeah, we did it on the couch. You did it on the couch? Well, we didn't do it on the couch. I mean, <laughs> get your head out of the gutter, Olivia. You, you said that. I know. Golly. You starting 22 off with a bang, literally. I, well, there you go with another pump. I mean, look at you. I mean, there was no bang and we didn't do it. I'm talking about we were on the couch with a blanket watching Netflix. I mean, we're so tired. We're parents. My God. daughter, I just spent New Year's chasing my daughter around and telling her not to pull things down. That's all she's doing now. She's at that stage uh, where she just runs around and pulls things off of shelves and bangs her head uh, into stuff. So my job right now is to keep this child alive. Yeah, and you're just like a human bumper car at this point. That sounds exhausting. No wonder you're tired by 8 p.m. Kind of depressing. You know you can get a sitter. I know, I know. But, you know, I don't know if they got COVID or what, you know, what it is. <laughs> yeah. So at this point, it's just True. she's going to have to deal with me and me and the wife. I'm sure she's sick of us. I bet you babies get sick of seeing their parents during quarantine. They're like, we get, you know, can I see somebody new? I've mm. had enough of your face. Next time I see a baby, I'm going to ask him. That is that is interesting. No one asked what the babies wanted. No one knew. Nobody takes their their perspective into consideration. Okay, here's a question, because you've talked on the podcast about how much you love Christmas, how you think Christmas should be at least eight days, like Hanukkah, all of this stuff. How long do you leave your Christmas decorations up? What kind of uh, level of white trashness are you? Is what I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I keep them up. I mean, you could come into my house in May and those puppies are still up. I am lit up. I mean, it is Christmas till May in my house. I'm not going to say that's whether that's because I have Christmas spirit or whether I'm just purely lazy, but let's just say it's a little bit of both. How about yours? When are you taking your Ramadan? <laughs> I'm taking it down soon. No, I'm a, I'm going back to the States this week and I will see at our house all the Christmas decorations we put up before we knew we were moving here. And that's like the single saddest thing to do all years, take down those holiday decorations you know, it's still freezing cold outside and you're it just without the festivity. So I just, it's a sad day. It's a really sad day taking all that down. Did you get a chance to watch the college football semifinals? Uh, I watched a little bit of the Alabama game. That's all I did. I checked in. I saw they were winning. I saw Nick Saban. He, he did, you know, his expression doesn't change. And I was like, you know, I know they're going to win. And that was all I really caught. How about you? How much uh, do you even get them in, in Turkey? They were too late. So it was obviously New Year's Eve. We went out to a really fun New Year's Eve party here in Istanbul. It was a blast. And we get home. 
you know, I'm sober and pregnant. My husband was not. He is not either one of those adjectives. And we got to try to catch the first part of the Alabama-Cincinnati game. But, you know, that was such a blowout, as we knew it would. We talked about it on this show. That game was pointless and stupid. And I get why there's fatigue of college football, because so many people are, are like, why do we play this whole season? And we end up with the two best SEC teams playing each other or in a normal year, Ohio State. I I get it. It's the blue bloods are too strong. And here we are. I am thrilled my alma mater's in it, Georgia. But I worry about them facing Alabama again. We saw what happened in the SEC championship. And I don't know. I guess this year, since I'm out of college football, we talk so much NFL on this show. I get the fatigue now that I'm on the other side. Yeah, what do we do? How do we change it? Do we need to do like a French Revolution type of thing? I mean, what are you proposing? You're you're Che, you're, you're Che Guevara. So tell us how we how do we overthrow the Blue Bloods? Do we cut their heads off? I mean, what are you talking, Olivia? I'm ready. <laughs> I guess extended playoff helps because you have more chaos. That's what's so great about the NFL playoffs is anything can happen. You know, it's single elimination. It's so great. And I can't wait to talk to our guest who's coming up after this about kind of looking ahead at the NFL playoff picture as we go into the final week of the regular season, because anything can happen. Even this last week, anything can happen. This has been a really fun NFL season. So I guess I'm on team extend the playoff. It's a very short season, especially now that the NFL season's one week longer. College football seems so short now, but I don't know. Do you agree? Yeah, something, either that or I know it. you can't really do a March Madness type of thing, right? I've been explained why that's not possible, but the same applies <laughs> for basketball. You know, it's like you never know who's going to yeah. win. It's one game elimination and it just it makes it much more fun to watch. And so they got to do something. I, I think we don't have to have a revolution, but we definitely need to have a meeting and talk sternly okay. to them. No, that's the problem with college football. There are too many meetings. There's too much money. There are too many people with job titles. No one knows what they do. The NCAA is a very confusing web once you peel back that curtain. So no, no more meetings. Okay, fine. Action, Giannis. And speaking of action, I mentioned we have a great guest coming up in the show. I'm so excited. No one better to talk NFL with than Mina Kimes, ESPN NFL analyst. Plus, we'll talk about the final week of the NFL regular season and get some betting advice from Peter Andrew. I can't wait. He is back. We are starting 22 with a clean slate, if you will, with our punishment picks because Giannis just killed me in 2021. So I'm really looking forward for my redemption tour. It starts today and the playoffs are almost here. It's going to be a lot of fun. Giannis, you know our bad beat of the week winner. You know who it is for the first week of 2022? Is it uh, Craig Jones? Bad Beat of the Week. Yep, it is Craig Jones. And again, like every week, Giannis, take this as a lesson. It's one leg of a major parlay. This was the 10-leg parlay that my man Craig lost. And it should serve as a warning sign, but also it just makes me want to do it more because that's how you win the big money. And I believe I'm going to Vegas with BetMGM in February for Pro Bowl, NHL All-Star. So that's when I really roll up my sleeves and get to betting at our BetMGM kiosks because I just like to do it in person. And I think I'm just going to build parlays all weekend. What do you think? Sounds good to me. Go, girl. Okay. I may need your help because you have a weird lucky streak when it comes to this, although I have no idea how. I really have no idea how. I'm telling you, I'm on the right side of history. Well, my man Craig, he got to win $100 of BetMGM site credit, as does our winner every week. So keep submitting your bad beat of the week. It could be you. I hope it's not me in a couple weekends. But if you have a really bad beat, let us know. We'll help you out. Okay, this is the part of the show. It's, oh, I'm I'm ready for it this week. I am ready for it this week. I knew right away what I wanted to talk about for our Unleash segment. Giannis, it's time to unleash. Let's unleash. It's time to unleash. Okay, so everyone knows what happened with Antonio Brown and the Buccaneers this past weekend, right? He was welcomed back to the team two weeks ago by Bruce Arians. After faking a vaccine card or obtaining a fake vaccine card, that's still kind of under investigation, which, by the way, is a federal offense. So that's pretty major looming over him. But 
He was in a jersey. He was playing. He was dealing with an ankle injury, but cleared by every doctor, the whole team. Everyone said he was healthy, ready to play. Middle of the third quarter, he makes a big show after questionably being benched, but Bruce Arians was asking him to go back in the game and he didn't want to. He said his ankle was injured, all this stuff. So we still don't know all of the rigmarole there, but what we do know is what happened next. He makes a big show. He has teammates telling him, calm down, sit down, nothing. He walks off the field, kind of dances off the field. He takes off his pads. He takes off his helmet. He takes off his undershirt, stripping on his way to the locker room, waving to fans. Again, loving the attention. Bruce Arians has since said he is done. Here's my thing with Antonio Brown. And this is like chapter 500 of his story of mishaps. Very few people in life, in any profession, get as many second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth chances as he does. And a lot of people are dealing with a lot of issues, a lot of mistakes made with one one hundredth of the talent, of the money, of the friends in high places as Antonio Brown. He was kicked out of Florida International. He questionably robbed a delivery truck with some assault charges involved, sexual assault allegations from a personal trainer, something about a helmet, smuggling a helmet from the Raiders, I believe, doing something wrong there. He's stiffed people for money before, and then this fake vaccine card, which again, if it's all true, is a federal offense. His own friend and chef ratted him out on that, which tells you a lot. I cannot find a good thing to say about Antonio Brown. There's no redeeming quality, no sign of character or remorse for any of these things or moral compass that we're aware of. He was even laughing about it on the car ride home from the game. His driver put on social media. This driver has also gone on some podcasts since that. So making a whole mockery about that. And now let's talk about how he's letting his teammates down and really greatly affecting the Buccaneers playoff scenario. They lost Chris Godwin for the season. Mike Evans has been a bit banged up, most recently with a hamstring injury. Gronk has kind of been the same story, injury prone, having some issues. Tom Brady does not have many playmakers on the outside. He needs Antonio Brown. Their offense will have to adjust. His absence greatly impacts their next few weeks, which are very important weeks. And maybe most of all, look how he's let Tom Brady down. First of all, have you seen the video of Tom Brady looking up saying, what happened? You know, he he didn't know. He's he's um, They were down. They were in a hole. He was trying to win the game. And his top receiver, his friend, the guy he has stuck his neck out, gone to bat for, is running off, prancing around, taking off his shirt, blowing kisses to the crowd. I, it just makes me sick. Now, none of us know his mental illness, if he has CTE, all these things, or if he's just a narcissistic asshole. We don't know. That's way above all of our pay grade. If he does have clinical issues, I really hope he can be helped. But boy, are we giving him the benefit of the doubt time and time again. I can't figure out why. As a human being, I certainly have empathy for someone who's greatly struggling. And I really find it gracious and honorable that Tom Brady, at the end of all that, keeps saying, have empathy, have compassion. He's such a class act. But as a football fan, I do not have empathy for Antonio Brown as he's running off the field, laughing, proceeding to make a mockery of the people who have protected him and helped him, the fans who have supported him, and the game that's given him so much. So with that, I drop the mic. Yeah, I mean, who knows what's going on there? All I have to say is the kid's got great abs. I did notice that. Yeah. That's a redeeming quality. You're right. And also uh, a little empathy because they were losing to the Jets. So if someone's going to do something that is really inexplicable and a distraction and lose it, I would think it would be during losing to the Jets. But yeah, I agree with you. It's unfortunate. You know, sometimes when people are born with so much talent, they take it for granted and they're used to getting away with things because the people look the other way because of their talent. I would assume some of that plays into this. You know, when you look at such a long history of problems and such a high level of talent, you Mm got to say at some point he just probably thought he could continuously get away with things because of his talent. So it's sad. And yeah, I mean, the Bucks are in a pickle now. Bucks are in a pickle. Do you think he's done? I think he's done. I think he's absolutely done. I I mean, you know, you go on a team with veterans like Tom Brady, uh, won the Super Bowl last year, and 
you don't make it work there. You're, it doesn't work out yeah. there. There's no other team that's going to give them a chance. You know, Fresno State, that, you know, it was Fresno State in basketball used to be that team when I was a kid. It was like, no matter what you did in college football, <laughs> Jerry would take you. And uh, they're just, that's that's not how it works when there's money on the line. And so the NFL is such a team game that, you know, Antonio Brown is going to learn the hard way now that, you know, nobody's bigger than the team of the game. And so that's it. No. I mean, his his luck has run out. No one's too talented to overcome all of this, I think. And keep in mind, Tom Brady leaving New England, there are a bunch of reasons, but Antonio Brown was a part of that. He wanted to bring Antonio Brown back and Bill Belichick wasn't having it. And Bill Belichick was right as he is a lot of times. So, and he let AB stay in his house. They celebrated holidays together. I mean, Tom Brady has, has been a, a saint to this man who from the outside looking in, we don't know everything. I don't know what he's done to deserve that, but I don't think he deserves a second chance after this on the football field. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you a hundred percent. And you know, with football, who knows, let's hope it's not something like CTE, like you mentioned. And the, sure. I, I, I hope he's a narcissistic asshole because you just don't right. want anyone uh, struggling with anything physical that affects their, their mental well-being or, you know, their mental well-being. So hopefully he's just a narcissistic asshole. Otherwise, he obviously needs help, as everyone's saying. And it's just an unfortunate story. And boy, would it be great if Tom Brady wins another one, having gone through what uh, he's gone through with Antonio Brown and what the Bucks have gone through. There's so many great stories, like we mentioned. The Raiders, I mean, you know, uh, it, it could be uh, the Bengals have a great story. There's so many great stories. Stafford going to the Rams. Like, I hope it's a good story that wins the Super Bowl, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. All right, so now it's time for me to unleash here. And I am going to unleash. There's no way, if you've been listening to the show and you know me and Olivia, there's no way anyone guessed she was going to unleash on anything else. You know that type of behavior gets her going. Okay, she likes people behaving. You like people behaving. And Antonio Brown, (laughs) there's other examples. I'm not going to bring up his name because we talk about him too much, but you like people behaving. And as you know, if you know me. You sound like such a square. You're such a square. You're a BB. Um, (laughs) You know I love the Giants, okay? And what we're going through is a tragedy. It's a national tragedy. COVID is bad, but I think the Giants are worse. So I'm going to be unleashing (laughs) on my hometown, Gigantes, okay? Why are we still seeing actual guys on the roster on the field at this point? I mean, let's at least make it an event. If they're going to lose, let's make it a spectacle. Don't get me wrong. I appreciate that they're losing because at this point, wins means less than nothing. But negative 10 passing yards, if we're going to do negative 10 passing yards, let's keep going. Let's make it worse. I want Saquon Barkley coaching. I want Joe Judge as the water boy. I want Giant fans playing in the game in uniform. Okay? If we're going to play bad, let's make it a spectacle. Let's have some celebrities play quarterback one down at a time. (laughs) Who wouldn't love to see TikTokers getting tackled? That would be fun, you know, (laughs) just having them out for the season so they can't make TikTok videos anymore because they got absolutely hammered. The offensive line, how about they just start live streaming every down? So we can hear what the what the defensive line is saying to them. Why not? They'll probably do a better job of protecting the quarterback if they're filming at the same time. And the defense <laughs> should be allowed to take naps in between times they're on the field. I mean, because the Giants' defense was exhausted. I want to send them all a my pillow. I'm ordering a whole bunch of my pillows and I'm sending them to the Giants' defense. They were on the, they were on the gridiron like what seemed like the whole game. Now, I want them to keep losing because it means draft opportunities. I just wish it was worse is what I'm saying. Okay? That's all I'm saying. How about we make the mascot of the Giants a French World War II soldier? You know? Just let them know that we're getting rolled over and we're going to get beat and beat easy. Have some fun with it. We suck. It stinks and I'm hurt. (laughs) That was great. That was a great Unleashed. I really hope you don't ask our guests coming up about the Giants. You you usually find a way to work in one Giants question, and it just seems very irrelevant now more than ever. So just promise me you won't ask me Nakimes about the Giants. 
I can't promise you that. I'm going to. Okay. Without further ado, let's bring in Mina Kimes. Let's bring in our guest. I'm very excited to talk with her. She's the sharp-witted NFL analyst on ESPN, an amazing Twitter follow. If you haven't followed her, you should. She has a very sarcastic, dry sense of humor. It cracks me up with every tweet. And apparently, she's a crossword whiz. Mina Kimes is here. Mina, thanks so much. Thanks for having me, guys. Now, crossword whiz, walk me through that. Have you always been good at it? Where do you find the time to even do them? I've always been passionate about them. I wouldn't say good at them. Okay. But, you know, once I got the New York Times app, which is what I use, I had more time to do it every day. Well, not every day. I really only do Thursday, Friday, Saturday. But uh, yeah, I travel a lot now. So I have time on the road to do them and I do them at night and it is an incredibly nerdy habit. (laughs) Mina, you have a kind of an unusual career path to where you are now. Can you just tell people a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. So after 10 years of playing in the NFL, I felt like it was time for a new time. No, um, I was a business journalist for actually uh, eight years about. So it was a bit of a career pivot for me. I worked for Fortune News and then Bloomberg Business Week. And then ESPN hired me in 2014 as a writer, which I was a writer then. I joined ESPN, the magazine as a writer doing football profile, not just football, but profiles and cover stories and that kind of thing. So um, I went from being a writer to an analyst and then a full-time NFL analyst this past year. Can you stay non-biased about the Seahawks, considering the bond that you had with your dad over them? Or is that something that when you're talking about the Seahawks, <laughs> your, your coworkers know, all right, she's not going to be so accurate on this one. Her heart's too, too much in it. I think they know that I'm angrier than people <laughs> who don't root for them because Uh, I'm probably more critical and more upset when things don't go right. But, uh, you know, fortunately for me, we haven't had to talk about them for a few weeks because they've been (laughs) irrelevant, which is a godsend. But, uh, yeah, you know, they were really obviously relevant for a very long time. So I did talk about them for quite some time, and I uh, always try my best to be critical. Well, a couple teams that are relevant and I think was the best game of the Sunday slate was Chiefs Bengals. It's so exciting to watch all these young players and we're going to see them for years to come. What's your take on the Bengals season? They have the 2000 yard receivers who are under 23 years old. Joe Cool is smoking cigars in the locker room looking like Len Dawson. They're so easy to get behind. They're just extremely fun to watch right now. And you're right. That was definitely the best game and the most exciting game of the weekend. You know, for me, I think watching that offense in particular, it's fun. They're almost like a basketball team. Libby, I know Mm -hmm. you're a big basketball fan because Mm -hmm. all the wide receivers play different roles. Like there's, you know, the power forward and Jamar Chase and Higgins does his thing, Boyd underneath, Dizama. And and it presents such a matchup nightmare for every defense that plays him. As you saw yesterday, you can't play man covered. You can't play, you know, ISO up. Jamar Chase, I'm really using the basketball words here, but (laughs) by the same token, if you bracket him, you're going to leave T. Higgins uh, opportunities. And Joe Burrow is just so good against pressure at delivering the ball to them. So uh, I'm excited to watch them in the playoffs because they, I think, really showed yesterday that playing that caliber of competition in Kansas City had been on a bit of a heater. They can keep pace, and that's really exciting. Mina, I love watching you on television. I've heard you speak about the Giants a few times, but... I'm a huge Giants Ooh. fan. You know, every year it's like Sorry. we talk about, oh, is it the offensive line? Is it Daniel Jones? At what point can we start blaming the organization and say this is a systemic now, problem? Yesterday. Did you see Joe Judge's press conference? That's one of the wildest. I I feel like it's almost flown under the radar, mm. maybe just because of everything going on with Antonio Brown and the Chiefs, the Bengals or whatever. But that Joe, Bur- Joe Judge, pardon me. That press conference he gave where he went on like a 10-minute rant like was wild. And by all accounts, he's staying with the organization. My favorite part was when he told, <laughs> told the story about former Giants that wish they were with the Giants. You know, big my girlfriend in Canada kind of energy. But I I, <laughs> I think this is a, a team where I, Daniel Jones is not high on the list of people I would blame. Obviously, he's not been played because of 
injury just because the roster and the team are so broken. You mentioned Antonio Brown. We talked about it earlier in the show. What's your read on what we saw Sunday? Yeah, it's really hard to know exactly what happened in that Mm. moment, right? There's conflicting reports coming out about what was said between him and coaches. Bruce Arians head coach said, you know, they had a conversation, didn't reveal what was said, did say he didn't know or hear that he was injured. So I don't really know. But we also know this is a player, Antonio Brown, who has quit on multiple teams, been accused of things that are much worse than Mm -hmm. quitting in a football game. So I think at a certain point, you have to kind of just blame the organization candidly for giving him, it's not even a second chance, like a fifth, a sixth chance. Like this is a gamble. Yeah. I mean, this is a gamble that they made bringing him back even after the fake Vax car thing, bringing him up again. And it blew up in their face. I really don't know what else to say. Now they're in a tough spot because he was the, with Chris Godwin injured, he was the number two wide receiver. And I think it's going to really affect their chances down the stretch. What do you think? uh, I hate to say it this way, but do you think there's some CTE going on here? I I really don't know. You know, Antonio, in terms of like his physical and mental health, all I can say is history of very bad decisions and, accusations of worse actions. You know, something we've seen in the NFL time and time again is if you're talented enough and he has a really, really special talent, people overlook that for a long time. Well, the Buccaneers included, there are a lot of teams kind of limping to the finish line, completely depleted. Certain position groups also taking a bigger toll than others with this extra wear and tear of the 18th game, the 18th week. What are the pros and cons to you about extending this season? Is it worth it? Well, I mean, the pros for the league and the players are money is why they <laughs> did it. But um, from a football perspective, you're right. You know, losing players to injury is the weeks. Obviously, the more football you play, the more likely it is that you're going to lose meaningful play, you know, important players. And then you've got a team like the Green Bay Packers who are actually getting players back as the season yeah. goes along. And that's just kind of how things shook out for them. I think the league did luck out in a way because heading into this week 18, there's still a lot in the air. There was a lot of parity this year, and as a result, this long season, it, it isn't one where I think we're looking at week 18, nobody really wants to watch, and it feels like everything's settled. There's still so much to be determined. Yeah. The Chargers and the Raiders likely playing for a playoff spot. The Niners, uh, you know, going up against the Rams. And just a lot of meaningful football in this final week, and I'm excited to watch. Speaking of the Niners real quick, we saw Trey Lance get his second start of the season for San Francisco. He's the only rookie quarterback who hasn't really gotten this extended playing time. They get the win. He threw for 250 and two touchdowns. Has your opinion of Lance changed at all after seeing that performance? You know, this is an interesting one because he looked really uncomfortable at the beginning, inaccurate, some struggles with decision-making. But as the game went along, you saw him settling in and then ultimately making some of the throws, both with his legs and his feet, that explain why they drafted him, right? And and I think watching him, admittedly, against Houston, you can't help but wonder, well, what if he had played the entire season? Where might he be now as a quarterback? You know, Mm -hmm. you look at the Jets where they've had so many struggles on offense, but Finally, it feels like Zach Wilson is starting to cut down on the mistakes and improve his decision-making, and you see the benefits of a young quarterback playing. That's something San Francisco didn't want to do because they viewed themselves as contenders this year and didn't want it to be a developmental year for Lance, and I understand that. But I do think watching him play, you can't help but leave with some questions about whether or not it would have been better for him to play more. What about the Cardinals? You know, big, impressive victory shorthanded last week. What are their chances? And do you think Murray should get like an extra five yards just when he completes a pass just for being able to see over the line? I like that idea, like a, like a bumper bowling kind of situation. But then, you know, defenses would say you got to take it away because he's so fast and he mm-hmm. has an unfair advantage in that way. I mean, he's got he looks really hard to tackle. Right. Like, I feel like harder than any player. I think that. They won. They beat the Cowboys because Kyler Murray took over that game with his legs, able to connect on some of those go routes that I think he wasn't hitting for a few weeks. Uh, Not having DeAndre Hopkins, that offense is huge. It's amplified, I think, because of the nature of the offense. But um, if you're a Cardinals fan, you know, okay, we get DeAndre Hopkins back. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they were able to have this kind of offensive performance, and Murray in particular was able to perform this well against the Blitz, using his legs, knowing that you have to be optimistic with the realization that Hopkins is probably, we're hearing, 
coming through that door at some point. Now, you mentioned their win over the Cowboys. They also did it with defense. The Cowboys offense was so stymied. Who are the Cowboys? We saw them dip in November, come yeah. back in December. They crushed Washington. But who are they now? You know, they're a pretty flawed team. I think incredible pass rush. And when the offense is clicking, they look really versatile. And Dak Prescott, you know, the decision-making, the accuracy, yeah. it's all there. But then you have games like this last one against Arizona where they can't really run the ball well. There's no downfield passing attack. And the offense is sort of predictable in a way, which is how mm-hmm. you end up with all those batted passes. And the defense knows you're not going to, you know, it's going to be a, a screen or a short pass. So I, I think they're going to have to really rediscover their identity on offense. And Dak Prescott's going to have to make more plays and take more risks down the stretch because what we saw versus Arizona is not going to cut it in the postseason. This is one of the most interesting MVP races this year. We ask every guest we have on, who's their favorite? What do they think? Who do you think it's going to be? Is it Aaron Rodgers, Jonathan Taylor, Cooper Cup? I mean, nobody talks about Devontae. I feel like he makes Aaron Rodgers' life very easy. What is your call? So I think it's Rodgers right now. I think it's, it's pretty close, and it's certainly not one of those years like last year, for example, where he really was an unequivocal MVP. I think I would throw Tom Brady into the mix, you know, pulling his team back from the yeah. the brink yesterday after that Antonio Brown incident with some really, really remarkable throws. But mm-hmm. Rodgers, just in terms of like the consistency wall-to-wall with that offense, yes, he is helped by Devontae Adams, but they are down multiple offensive linemen. His floor has been so high. You know, he still continues to play quarterback at such a high level. I can see the case for going Taylor and even Cup, you know, and non-quarterback. Mm-hmm. But the value he brings to that team is, uh, Rodgers rather, is apparent. And it was really apparent when he did play. You did such a good profile on Aaron Rodgers for ESPN Magazine a couple of years ago. He's gotten so much criticism this past year. Some fair, some probably not fair. What do you think fans don't understand about him as you got to dig a little bit deeper? I think people have gotten to know him a lot better <laughs> since then. Yeah. Um, Thanks to Pat McAfee. <laughs> Yeah, he does all these appearances now. So, yeah, yeah I, I don't know if there's much that uh, people don't know. I mean, I, I think probably this year, you know, I, something I've gotten asked about with the MVP is you don't agree with his commentary about vaccination and the importance of it, mm-hmm. but you are, he's your pick as MVP. And I, mm-hmm. and I, I've said it's the most valuable player, I think. And uh, that's sort of how I look at the award. And I think, what perhaps, I don't think it's getting lost in it as well all, but I do think he is having a remarkable season. And the fact that he's still playing at this level, I think despite not only his age, but some of the issues that they have had on offense, of the absences rather, mm-hmm. and coming off of a few years before this, these last two seasons where things weren't so easy on the field has been a little bit lost. You know, these last two seasons have been so remarkable that people kind of forget, oh, this, you know, Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers was not playing his best football from 2017 through 19, maybe, or 20. I think that's right. Yeah. And so to, I think, have that sort of turnaround this year is something that I think is really interesting. And and I'm always interested in hearing more about why and what went into that. Do you think he stays? I think so, honestly, in large part because of the language we're hearing coming out of Green Bay. But also, um, I'm not sure there's a better situation. I mean, I alluded right. to some of the absences they've had on that offense, but this is a, a, a very good defense with a lot of stars. And as you mentioned, Giannis, I think the best wide receiver in football. What about if he shows up in Seattle, though? You won't be mad. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know what's going on in Seattle, though. So yeah. I don't think if I were Aaron Rodgers, I probably wouldn't go to Seattle. <laughs> yeah, hopefully Russell's coming to the Giants. But speaking of quarterbacks, Big Ben appears to be <laughs> wrapping up his career at the end of the season. Is there any chance... Yeah. You see him leaving the door open to come back to a different team. And what do the Steelers do next year? I don't see him continuing to play. Just I don't really think he should, frankly. Uh, I I just purely football perspective, not playing at a very high level. Feels like a natural ending point for his career. As far as what the Steelers should do, it's a tough spot because they will have some cap space with Ben gone, not like a ton but, you know, you're going into a draft, you're not picking high, but there's also not a lot of quarterbacks and there aren't a lot of free agents aside from the Rodgers and Wilsons and that kind of speculation. It's kind of the usual cast of suspects and free agency. So 
It might be a year to take a flyer on someone in the draft, take a beat, focus on rebuilding some other parts of the roster, and then take another swing next year in the draft, maybe if you want to take a quarterback hire. Serious question, Mina, because you're you're obviously an analyst. You sit and analyze plays, game, scheme, but you also know a lot about personnel and front office. Does any part of working in an NFL front office appeal to you? <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't know that much. So, uh, by the way, I'll throw this other thought out there with Green Bay. Mm-hmm. That is a front office that deserves a ton of credit. I know it came under a lot of, got a lot of fire, I guess. Yeah this last offseason because of all the Rodgers stuff. But when you watch this team and you look at this roster and see all the contributions they've gotten, not just from players they've drafted, but guys they've picked up at for agency, the Devonder Cannibals and Sol Douglases of the world, mm-hmm. yeah. that is a front office that's doing a very, very good job. That's well said. Can you walk us through what your normal NFL Sunday looks like? Because your your responsibilities are large, but I also know you have basically everyone's dream of sitting in that big screening room and watching with some yeah. amazing former players and coaches. Yeah, it's over there. We call it the war room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, so for me, a lot of it is, you know, obviously you can't watch every game. And even, you know, you, you don't learn anything by watching Red Zone. You sure. got to watch the game. So I always that, go, go into a, a Sunday <laughs> With uh, an eye towards the games I know we're going to talk about, you're obviously open to if something crazy happens or unexpected, there's an upset, you might have to rewatch it later, but always have a sense of maybe, you know, which two games simultaneously in the morning and the afternoon I want to dial in on and take notes mm-hmm. on. And then later on in the day, once you have the condensed film, I can kind of catch up on some of the things I didn't get to see. Which show is the most fun for you to do over at ESPN? Oh gosh, they're all, I mean, they're all fun in different ways. I really love the Tuesday episode of NFL Live when we have Ryan Clark in studio, watching him and Dan Orlovsky do tape stuff. It's very fun just like to, for me as a fan and student of the game to learn watching them and seeing kind of them bounce ideas off of each other. And then of course, Laura Relage, Marcus Spears, probably two most fun people to be around on television. We had Dan yeah. on the show and he did his dog impersonation and then oh he did his uh, <laughs> Peyton Manning impersonation, which we felt like was not up to par. What's your views no. on his Peyton Manning impersonation? Is it shit? I actually haven't heard that, but I'd like to take some ownership for the dog thing because he was he just did that one day in the green room. And I looked at him and, and I was like, did that come <laughs> from your body? And he was like, yeah, it's just a weird skill I have. And so I taped it and put it out on the internet because I was like, people need to see this. This is uncanny. And I don't know how he does it. He, he says it's something to do with throwing his voice or but it is <laughs> honestly, Dan is very smart, very talented, but that yeah. is by far the best thing he does as a person. I think he was on our show like that week. So we, we got him at the perfect time. Yeah, no, he's uh, he's, <laughs> he's, a, he's great to listen to. He's so smart, but he probably yeah. had a lot of times on the sidelines to work on that when he was a player. You know, that's entirely possible. You, you can develop some. I'd be on the sideline doing crosswords. He'd be on right. the sideline practicing his dog impression. I totally agree with you, too. Laura Rutledge is one of the rare people in this business. I've, I've gotten to know her well at my time at ESPN. She's just incredible. Your crew is incredible. You guys do a great job. I also really love you on the podcast ESPN Daily. I was wondering if that kind of brings out something in you that you love because it's a bit more investigative. Yeah, I really enjoyed hosting that before the football season. Now Pablo Torre hosts it and does a terrific job. But, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's that is a little bit more or was for me a little bit more like being a reporter because you're kind of looking into a story, interviewing someone. I don't really do interviews that much anymore. Yeah. Occasionally, you know, for a countdown feature, I did a story on Justin Herbert this summer, but I rarely do reporting the way that I used to. And it's definitely something I miss. Okay, so what moment this season in the war room, like you've discussed, made people's jaws drop the most? What shook people the most in a good or bad way? Gosh, I don't know. You know, at the end of the season, looking back and trying to identify what have been some of the biggest games. I mean, there have been so many involving the Chiefs. I would say so many involving Mm -hmm. the Ravens coming down to the Mm -hmm. final play, making the, you know, going for it and succeeding, going for it and failing on two-point conversions. Absolutely remarkable. I wasn't in the war room this last Sunday, but this Jamar Chase game from the Bengals is the best Mm -hmm. single game from a wide receiver in recent memory. 
So that's wild as well. Speaking of rookies, Micah Parsons has just completely taken over the game. Apologies to your Giants, but on on defense that have really made my jaw drop. So, um, you know, it's an exciting time to be a football fan. A lot of young talent. What do you think about uh, the Rams? Big comeback win over the Ravens, who seem to be going south, even though they look so strong at the beginning Mm. of the year. And what do you think about uh, Stafford as a Ram? What are their chances this year to go all the way? Well, you know, they're not my favorite to go all the way. But like I said, there is a fair amount of parity and a lot of teams are pretty flawed. And I don't really think anyone, Mm -hmm. including the Packers, is totally dominant. So they certainly got a shot at it because when the offense is clicking, you saw that in the second half and Stafford is playing really well. They look unstoppable, you know, but you also have seen some of the inconsistency that I think you did see during his career in Detroit, not just in this last game versus Baltimore, but in mm-hmm. the last few games, multi-turnover games that make you, they give you a little bit of pause. So ultimately, I think they go as far as Matthew Stafford takes them and we're about to see how far that is. Who would you like to see in the Super Bowl most? You know, anything can happen in the playoffs, but right now, as we go into the last week of the regular season, who do you think are the two best teams? Oh, gosh. Well, who do I like and who do I think? I think the two best things, I, I still think, even though they lost, that it's the Chiefs and the Packers. I think yeah. if I had to pick a Super Bowl, we get uh, Rodgers and Mahomes, which is amazing. What a, what a matchup that would be. You know, fantastic. Yes, yes, totally. Yeah, so... Just a great throwback game. But mm-hmm. what I would like to see is I, I'm always rooting for new teams, new representation. You know, I like the Bengals would be amazing. It'd be amazing right. for that fan base, a team like the Cardinals, you know, where, you know, you just have these like kind of young quarterbacks. And that that to me is always exciting and fun. But do I think it's the most likely outcome? No, not not really. Do you bet? Do you put any juice on games? Do you want us to open an account for you at BetMGM? <laughs> I don't I don't bet, but I do give advice a lot. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. it goes better than others. I actually have been pretty good against the spread this year, though. And my family has mm. a straight up pick em that I am about to win. So not to, you know, toot my own horn too much. But beep, beep. But toot it, yeah. You know, <laughs> a little, little bit, a little bit. I also, <laughs> speaking of the War Room, am about to win the War Room Fantasy League. So What? Yeah, take that, Lewis Riddick. Beat you in the first <laughs> round. Yeah. Feeling pretty good about that. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. Thank you. Well, Mina, you've reached such peaks in your career. There's so much still ahead of you. It's so obvious every time watching to you or listening to you, how well-respected you are. Everyone just loves working with you, has such good things to say about you. What would 10-year-old Mina think if she saw you right now? Uh, she'd be really confused, <laughs> yeah. I think, that... Uh, that I'm on television. Forget the sports thing. That's the more surprising <laughs> aspect of it. Yeah, I mean, 10-year-old me, I wanted to be a writer. I was a writer for quite some time. Maybe I'll go back to being a writer at some point. But in the meantime, I'm enjoying doing what I think every football fan, not every, a lot of football fans dream of doing, which is getting to talk about the sport that I like for a living. That's awesome. What is it about football that drew you so much to it? Was it just the Seahawks and your dad? Or was there like, is there something about the game that you just really, you know, connect to on a visceral level? I like the complexity of it. You know, every week, every day, I learn something new about, you know, gameplay, play calling, statistics, personnel, all of it. Mm -hmm. I think you could spend your whole life studying it and still learn new things every day. And And I think... That's what makes it so fun to me because I guess I'm just a, a nerd and I like studying and uh, I like learning. And um, I, I now the, the other thing that's really cool is just getting to be around people who teach me a lot is such a privilege. That's awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us. You've taught us a lot. Our listeners will love to hear <laughs> your great insight. There's still one more week of the regular season. Long ass season, but it's been so much fun. Mina, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. Packers Chiefs, book it. gentlemen to start off 2022 strong peter andrew happy new year happy new year guys back at it and ready for uh hopefully some more winners for this year 
Giannis, what do you think? Are we doing a fresh slate this year, Giannis? I, I can't keep up with you from last year. You just whooped my ass. No, we're doing a fresh slate. Pete's got a fresh, new, strong immune system just back from <laughs> battling COVID. He's got right. uh, San Francisco pride on his head just from one week of good football, you know, so his hopes are up, but they're going to get let down. It's good to see you healthy, brother. It's good to see you back. Yeah, I missed you guys not being there last week. It it hurt my soul, so which was wow. worse than than COVID, but oh. good to be back. You hear that, Giannis? We're worse than COVID. That's that should be our byline for the podcast. No, no, you're not. You're better than COVID because I felt worse than COVID. So right, it all right. Is. We're better than COVID. Yeah. What uh, you know? I see you got your San Francisco hat on, buddy. What is it? Are you Trey Lance all the way now? What should they do? Should Jimmy Jimmy Garofalo? Should somebody Tanya Harding his knee? I mean, what's the solution over there in San Francisco? How do Notice. we get rid of that handsome fucker? Notice he's well, still saying Garoppolo wrong, which is just so par for the Garoppolo. Janine Garoppolo. <laughs> we'll get your guys' thoughts in a second because that'll be part of, you know, teaser one of your picks that I'll ask you to make. And we'll do a little bit different this week. But I think Niners 5-0 and in their last five starts against the Rams. I think you got to go back to Jimmy because he was starter for all five of those. So hot take, loved Lance. I think he settled in nicely yesterday against a pretty crappy team. Um, but you got to go back to Jimmy if he's healthy. I want to, before we dig into this weekend slate for the final weekend of the regular season, updated futures, MVP, offensive player of the year, rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year, everything. It seems like this is Aaron Rodgers' MVP to win. And after that, what really trickles down? Because there's so many names still in the conversation. And it kind of seems like Brady's out of it, although he did have an incredible uh, save the day performance on Sunday. Yeah, you know, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Hard to see Aaron Rodgers probably two, three weeks ago, back-to-back MVPs. Yeah. But now, I mean, the way he's playing, I mean, again, we're recording this on Monday, playing yesterday against the (laughs) half of the Vikings, I guess is what you can say. Obviously, no Kirk Cousins, but absolutely dominant. I mean, everything went their way from essentially first drive, even a couple field goals to start, but they looked so good. And all that trickles down from... Aaron Rodgers down to Devontae and the running game. You're right. I think it's, you know, it's weird. It's minus 250, I think, right now. That is the biggest lock of the century. <laughs> I, I was talking about it with someone today. I need to put a bet down on it before it changes to 500 and 1,000. I don't think there's any way he doesn't win MVP. Right. I think we've seen, you know, you mentioned Brady has dropped a little bit, you know, not in a crazy way, but mm-hmm. has not kept up to the Aaron Rodgers kind of level. And even Jonathan Taylor, too, where he had a couple of weeks where, mm-hmm. you know, he didn't rush for 200 yards and four touchdowns. So he was probably that kind of guy that could have snuck in and stole it. But it's Rodgers all the way. The intriguing one now for me is we talk about offensive rookie of the year, where it's kind of been back and forth. Mac Jones, because of how well they've done another it's commanding be Jamar performance. Chase. But exactly. Jamar Chase just goes for 200 plus yards and three touchdowns, was clearly the best, play, best player on the field yesterday. How could it not be Jamar Chase? Right. Mac Jones has done well, but that's been a, you know, a kind of a team victory yeah. to where they've gotten in the playoff spot. Whereas Jamar Chase is, you know, um, I think we said it the other day, he's probably one of the top three wide receivers with a Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams. It's probably those three and then it's everyone else. So hard to say anything otherwise. Mm-hmm. Did you see where Joe Burrow after the game said, I just said F it and I knew Jamar was going to be there. It was like third and 27. Like that's so badass and cool. I, I love this Bengals team. I got to admit. Everything about Joe Burrow is just awesome. I mean, coming back from the ACL injury, his nameplate falling off his jersey yeah. yesterday. He, I mean, he just, even the other day they were up. I think I forget who they're playing a couple weeks ago. They're up 21 points and he's still just slinging the ball around just completely dominant. And he gets to play with a guy in Jamar Chase that he went to LSU with. So there's already that connection and they are just dominant and they're going to be dominant for the next seven to 10 years. And I think they put the NFL on notice a bit where they can actually still, I think they can still clinch the number one seed in the AFC. There's four teams. I think Collinsworth said can do it. And they're one of them. That's pretty impressive for a team that's on the up and a guy that just came off ACL surgery and he's come back and looks 120%. How bad a week was it for the book with the Giants game? I know a lot of people had them winning big, so you guys must have handed out a lot of money. 
Yeah, we got, you know, it's funny. We got lucky on a couple. So the Bucks, the Bucks losing would have been amazing, mm-hmm. but the Bucks not covering was great. You had a couple, you know, the Cowboys are obviously always a favorite for people to bet on across the country. So that was a good result for us. But then you had games like that where the Bears, I mean, they dismantled the, the Giants and Giants, I think had one receiver healthy who was on the roster last week. They had to bring up all practice squad guys. I mean, that game was over before it started. Between that and then the late game, uh, what was it, 97 to 3 at one point in the uh, Packers game, according to ESPN? <laughs> you saw that? I saw that too. <laughs> I mean, what was it? I mean, it was 37 3, whatever it was. Yeah. But that game, you know, the late game, when it doesn't go our way, it always changes what looks like a decent day and mm-hmm. turns into, oh boy, we got shaken up a little bit because the favorite won. And, you know, everybody's trying to bounce back and put money on that last game. Rams didn't cover, but they were the highest bet team of the weekend, I believe. That was a good result for us in yeah. one way, where it was obviously spread betting, but actually a lot of people had them within their money line bets wow. too. And because they pull it out, um, you know, people, you know, when you start seeing all these favorites win and trickle into a late game and then Packers clinch it for basically everybody that had those kind of favorite parlays, that's what does us dirty a lot of times. But it wasn't awful. It wasn't an awful week. It was pretty even down the down the road. And, you know, we'll get it back next week or, or our customers will get it back from us. Well, let's start that right now. Giannis, what do you think? Do you think in 2022, I make a soaring comeback? I don't think so. I don't think oh. so. I don't <laughs> think 2022 is going to be your year either. You know, right now you got a lot of chemicals <laughs> going on. Your judgment's going to be <laughs> off. Um, you know, you got, you're making a baby. It's a big baby. So. And you think this is just not going to be my year, right? It's just not going <laughs> to be your year. What a horrible thing to say to an expecting mother. <laughs> I, I just feel like, no, I mean, football-wise, it's going to be your year. You know, you're going to have a beautiful baby. But <laughs> I look at you, you're kind of like the Ravens. You know, you started out strong and then you just fell apart. That's going to be my nickname for you in wow. 2022, the Raven. Also something to not say to an expecting mother. You've just kind of fallen apart. No, <laughs> I don't dying. mean physically. I mean, you know, I just mean your picks, just your picks. <laughs> I mean, who can blame you? I've only had one dinner tonight, so I'm not in the mood. You've only had one? I'm going to be very quiet during this conversation. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) only one dinner for a pregnant woman? I mean, that's like anorexia. Yeah, it feels like it. Yeah, Olivia, no, she used to be kind of cute, but uh, 2022 just was not her year. You know, she started eating for two. And I mean, the size of that baby that you're going to have inside of you, you better just start getting used to going to McDonald's at three in the morning. Okay, well, if any listeners are still listening, let's get to this weekend's picks. Punishment picks. I know you want to start with New Orleans and Atlanta. It's in Atlanta. Uh, Saints are 8-8, eight and eight, Falcons 7-9. and nine. What are you thinking here, Pete? Give us a little preview and then we'll each make a pick. Yeah, so we're doing things a little bit different this week. Because all these games really matter for playoff seeding or to make mm-hmm. the playoffs, we're going to go money line only. So I'll give odds. But importantly, you know, Saints, if they win, they're in. So I'll go through the games really quickly and then we'll go one by one because they all kind of uh, have an effect on each other. So Saints win and Niners lose. The Saints are in the playoffs. Saints lose no matter what Niners are in. So that's why I wanted to pick those two games. And then the last one, which we'll get into in a couple minutes, is Chargers Raiders where win and you're in, which is a cool scenario for those guys on Sunday Night Football. So first one, Saints minus 200 at the Falcons who are plus 165. Um, so this is just to win outright. Huge game. Falcons playing a little spoiler. They're not having that bad of a season. Not as bad as everybody had anticipated. Kyle Pitts looks great. I think he's breaking records for rookie tight ends. But the Saints obviously are playing for something. So game at Atlanta. What do you guys like here? Go ahead, Olivia. Pregnant woman's mm. first. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm looking down the line, though, at NFL stats and where the Falcons fall because – like you said, they still find a way to win some games. I really am not sure how. They're bottom of the league in like almost every stat. So I I don't know. This one being at home, in the dome, their fan base is wild. I, I don't know if you guys have ever been to a Falcons game, but come, you know, with a taser in your pocket. They're, they're nasty fans in the best way. But gosh, I don't know. Maybe I'm going to take Falcons here. Saints, who's even starting at quarterback this week? Drew Brees? <laughs> I think it's Taysom Hill, but at this point, who knows? It's just always okay. someone different. Yeah. I'm going to go Falcons here. I'm kind of surprised you there. 
Yeah, I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to agree with Olivia uh, Falcons. I'm just going off momentum, how they look recently. I'm going with the Falcons, so we agree on that one. Cool. So uh, that's great because that means the Niners are in the playoffs. So thank you guys for that. There I did go. it for you. You deserve it after what you went through with COVID. <laughs> thank you. The good thing about this or bad thing, depending on how you look at it, all these games are at 4:25, so these teams will not know if they're in or not unless they basically take care of their own their own game. So that's why the, the the league obviously does it. So at the same time, 425 Niners at the Rams, like I mentioned earlier, Niners have won five straight against LA, but the Rams a little bit different. Uh, obviously OBJ this time around, they are playing for the division. So if they win, they're in and they can actually get, I think as high as the two seed. So they're playing for something. Niners plus 200 Rams minus 250. What do you guys think? I like the Rams at home. I think what we saw last week from L.A. is the two additions that they made midseason, OBJ and Von Miller, that kind of won this last game for him, which was really incredible. Von Miller kind of sealing the deal there at the end, the final two plays, I think, on defense. And that just showed how adaptable this Rams team has been. And um, I'm not so sold on Matt Stafford, but he can get the job done. Some people say they won in spite of him last night. He got a lot of flack last night. I'm going to take the Rams here. Sorry, Pete. Yeah, I'm st- I'm going with the hot Niners. They're hot, baby. It's a hot hand. Ride it. I'm riding it. I'm riding a hot hand. I'm going with the Niners, and you're welcome, Pete. Here's another one for what you went through with COVID. <laughs> two, and, two and oh here. Giannis is uh, pandering early in the year. Yeah. It'll be an interesting one. Like I said, hot hand, you know, one five in a row, but who's that quarterback? And like I said, Rams are playing for something, playing for home field advantage. They don't want to have to go to Arizona or have to go somewhere else. So mm-hmm. it's a big game. And then the last one here. So this is now flexed to Sunday night football. Awesome game. Justin Herbert and the Chargers against Carr at the Raiders in Las Vegas. So, you know, it'll be bumping probably the first real meaningful game in Las Vegas. Chargers minus 150 and Raiders plus 125 right now. What do you guys like here on Sunday night football? I think the Raiders got pretty lucky last week. I mean, props to them. Really fun game to watch at the end. But I think the Chargers are the better team. I think they're so efficient on offense. Our boy, Austin Eckler, everyone go back and listen to that episode preseason. He was incredible talking everything outside of football on Unleashed. That was incredible. It's hard to go away from the Chargers in this one. Never bet against Vegas. The house always wins, baby. They're at home. (laughs) The Raiders are going to win. They're going in. It's going to be an exciting game. I'm pumped. I'm sitting down. I'm popping a couple Trulies, and I'm going to enjoy that one. Only thing I'll say about the Chargers is they have been very inconsistent, where they have all these Keenan Allen, Eckler, Herbert, Mike Williams, but somehow they've found a way to lose games. I think the Chiefs one was an example where they looked really good for most of it and kind of threw it away in the fourth and obviously into overtime. But I think this is obviously the game of the week, and there's two teams that can win. You know, Vegas has gone through a lot this year, so could be great for them just as a as a franchise moving forward where they've gone through some tough stuff with rugs and, and things of that nature. So going to be a great one, and uh, I think it'll be a good week of football this week for Week 18. I mean, it's amazing that the Raiders are still in the conversation in Week 18 after what they've been through this year. I mean, the Gruden, the rugs, it's... It's been quite a season. And Derek Carr, I don't think they could have gotten anywhere near this without Derek Carr. He's such an impressive individual. He's such a good leader. So that's it's been fun to watch. I, I'm, I'm with them with their story. And even their best player, Waller, Darren Waller, out for the last, yep. I think it's been five weeks or so. I mean, doing it without him is impressive. He's a top, probably top three, top four tight end in the league. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a good one. God wants them to win. So I go with God. God's a Raiders fan. God lives in Vegas. God loves the story. He loves the story, what they've been through. <laughs> He's pulling for them. You know, like you guys just said, all they've went through, they went through some tragedy. They went through some emails. Well, they didn't go through, you know, the NFL went through some emails. Okay. God's just, he's with, he, he loves Vegas, baby. <laughs> I, God does not love Vegas. I'm just going to go ahead and make sure if there are any children listening. They know that right now. Okay. That's a perfect place to wrap it up. Peter, thanks so much for joining us. We're glad to see you doing better, my friend. We can't wait to, uh, our wedding invite should be coming in the mail pretty soon. You already said I can bring my baby and my whole family and that it's an open bar. So thank you very much. Yeah, my pleasure. It's going to be fun. I'll let the listeners know when it is too, if they want to crash. Okay. <laughs> 
Everyone, don't forget to follow us along all year. Boy, do we have a lot of fun coming up before the Super Bowl. We're going to have a different NFL-related guest every week and so much to talk about as the regular season winds down this weekend and the playoffs start. It is a beautiful time of year. You can follow at BetMGM on all social media platforms. You can follow at Giannis Pappas for pictures of him doing weird things around Connecticut. And we can't wait to see you guys throughout the year and see you next week. Thanks. And follow Olivia for her baby bump picks. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. You ever get that feeling like the concrete jungle's closing in? You crave wide-open spaces, the chance to chase your own dinner, or just breathe clean air. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there waiting, and finding your piece of it just got easier. Head over to Land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, price, location. They've got it all. No matter what kind of wild dream you're chasing, Land.com can help you find the ground to make it a reality. So quit dreaming. Head over to Land.com, find your open space, and get out there.